Hopscotch Podcast, Episode 13, Harrisburg, PA. Hopscotch! Riley Street, this is the one. The Airstream is not a good choice for around here, was it? Not even remotely. No, there's a two-spot up ahead we could pull into. Yeah, I'm not happy about taking up so much space, but needs must. Uh, Can you read those pay-to-park signs? Not from here, but we can always figure out. And while I sort out the loose change, why don't you fill the nice people in as to where we are? Soon as I've set the break. We are in downtown Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, USA. Harrisburg sits on the east bank of the Susquehanna River. The Susquehanna River empties out into the Chesapeake Bay at Havre de Grace. Couldn't they afford a full one? What? Couldn't they afford a full one? It have only got half. It's named after the French port of Le Havre, which used to be called Le Havre de Grace. Still think they should have got a full one. It's like getting skimmed milk. I like gold top. Harrisburg. Are you okay with Harrisburg? Any comments there? Nope. I'm all good. Carry on, Captain. Excellent. So pleased. As with many of the older conurbations in the US, it may not be obvious to a non-local where one town ends and another begins. Harrisburg itself dates back to about 1719 and was settled as an ideal trading location as it is here that the Susquehanna River cuts through the Blue Mountain Range of the Appalachians. In the Blue Ridge... Oh, fucking hell. I had it in my head and now I've forgotten how the bloody opening goes. In the, in the Blue, Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia On the trail of the lonesome pine in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, on the trail of the Lonesome Pine. Sorry, Dominic. Right range, wrong state. Harrisburg has a population of around 50,000 people. However, if you take the whole Susquehanna Valley metropolitan area, the estimated population is edging towards 600,000. Can we cut the Wikipedia stuff a little short this time? I mean, I've had a long flight over. We overnighted in the Airstream. We are parked just across from a very nice-looking bar. Why the delay? Fair point. Two reasons. First, I'm buying time for our guest and our guide for the day, Diana, to arrive. You do know this is a podcast, right? You know, you can't edit out the waiting bit. And the second, this information may be of interest to people, at least me. Okay. What else you got? I know you get antsy when hungry and thirsty, so we won't be long. All right, I'll sit back down then. Oh, these old airstream chairs are so comfortable. As you are sitting comfortably, I shall continue. Oh, listen to Mother. Where was I? Uh, 1719... Its location being a deciding factor. Ten years later, in 1822, the state capitol building was constructed. Some 40 years later, during the Civil War, its strategic location made it an important target to the rebel army. Attempts were made on it in 1862 and 1863, getting as close as two miles away at Camp Hill in the 1863 offensive. 
However, Union troops prevailed and it was never captured. It also served as an important stop on the Underground Railroad on the way to Canada. That is good. And then from 1850 to 1920, Harrisburg had a rise in prosperity through the steel industry. Rail traffic was hugely important in supporting the growth and prosperity of the industry. What had been a single track line in the 1850s now compromised about two dozen lines. And then? In part, that success became its downfall. With rising prosperity, people wanted to move out of the town into the suburbs. With transport options becoming available, that was now practical. While this trend was most noticeable in around about the 1920s and the 1970s, the pattern can first be seen as early as the 1880s. Hmm. Little before my time, that one. Well, mine too, but... Door! Diana! Hello, Captain! How are you? I'm well, thank you. I was just giving Dominic some local history. Hey, Dominic! Hello, Diana. Good to see you again. How far had you got on the history? Oh, up to about the 1970s. I was quite looking forward to being done with this one. Oh, you managed to cover quite a lot. Uh, if you haven't already, let's skip over Three Mile. Well, now you're here, we don't have to do that bit. Excellent. Should we go see if they're open? They are. I walked past them while looking for you. Good, because as tradition now dictates... Are you thirsty? How did you know? <laughs> I have listened to the show before. You are always the one who's thirsty. Rob writes me that way. It's like he truly gets me. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Come on, let's go over. We've crossed the road and now comfortably seated at a table here in Zero Day Brewing. Diana, we'd quite like to know a little bit more about each brewery before we try the beer. And... As you are our local guide, what can you tell us? Part of it will sound familiar to you two in that they're part of the craft brewing phenomenon. Theo and Brandel and Armstrong were bored cubicle types who managed to find a way out. The public side of the story starts here in April 2015 when this space opened. But before then? Theo was a home brewer, so they set out establishing what a core range of beers should be for a new brewery. A really solid line to launch on is essential. There needs to be that understanding of competence just to give you the trust to go back. They did that, sampling beyond just friends, but also with local businesses. From there, they crowdsourced financing to find a home for the business. And with that, they secured dislocation. Yeah, the building was mostly an old cinema before. It had been vacant for a while, and this neighborhood was the perfect location for them. With 3,600 square feet available for brewery and tap room, the building owners helped them have the space renovated to become this. I like it. Uh, how many it seats? There's one, two, three. S 60, Rob. Seating for 60. That's not bad. Small local and walkable neighborhood. And the name Zero Day. You really can't brew a batch and be ready to drink in the same day. Oh, Rob, you are so not local. A zero day is the term used by hikers on the Appalachian Trail. When hiking, it you'll reach these points that are either very nice or your feet just won't go. So you take a zero day where you just don't hike another step, but you enjoy where you are. And that's the way it is with their beers. You just have to enjoy where you are in the here and now. Sounds like something the dude might say. Far out, man. 
and depends on how far out you hiked the day before. So I have bide my time, but I can't abide that I have nothing to imbibe. Oh, and he only looks old enough for some good old sarsaparilla. Huh, I'm old enough. Just relax, man. I'll go get us today's first beer of choice. The one I said? Yes. There was a recommendation? There was and is. Finding Forever Nitro. It is so good. Oh, go get it, good sir. And then Diana can explain it all to us. Bigger budget this week. I got you both a pint and myself a four ounce. Cool. <laughs> this may not last long. At uh, 7.8%, you might want to pace yourself a little. Wow, what, what a, a nose. I could smell it bringing them all the way back over here. He isn't wrong. This is amazing. I'm not getting enough of that from my four ounce pour. Here, try from my glass. Ooh, wow. Right. Are you getting the same thought I am? A Terry's dark chocolate orange on a Christmas morning? Oh, yeah. I've not had that. It's a chocolate segmented like an orange made with milk or dark chocolate. You whack and unwrap. I swear, you make English sound like a foreign language. I mean, it kind of looks like a ball when it's about the size of an orange. It's made of few segments. You whack it hard on the surface and you get them to separate. I think you're supposed to share them. <laughs> well, I never have. Nor I. Nor your beers. I do get the orange notes in the nose and the chocolate lingers. It's very lovely. This is very good. We may need to recruit a professional driver. Yeah, one with good eyesight. Of course, why wouldn't he have? You wouldn't want one with a stigmatism. <laughs> <laughs> why do i feel like that's an english joke because you don't watch silly car shows i do like this it's so smooth starts off with a good head falls away to a rim around the glass i don't think the head retention is a big issue on this pint it's not like in a pint of guinness where you expect it to stay well, if anything, it actually helps promote the nose. Like drawing the curtains in the morning. And being brought to your senses by a bright yellow bulldozer. Orange. Hmm? It would be a bright orange bulldozer in this instance. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Flavor isn't a bulldozer. Soft on the palate. I feel the chocolate. Uh, what did you say it was? 8%? 7.8. It doesn't feel like it. Can we have another one, Captain? Yes, but you have to go get it this time. Well, can I at least have some money, please? Oh, sure. Here you go. Uh, Diana, would you like another one, too? <laughs> yeah, I'd love another. Uh, Dominic, while you're over there, investigate the pizza menu. Oh, they have knead bar pies, thin, crispy pizzas, and you choose your own toppings. Can't go wrong. I do like a thick crust. Oh, you'll like this. Trust me. I'm on it. Oh, Rob, you'll like this. I was just reading Zero Day's description about Finding Forever. Please read. Okay. They say, this one time, our brewer, Hannah, had a Volvo. 
This particular vehicle gave her some good times and some troubles. Up until recently, this majestic white beast sat in our parking lot forever, waiting for a savior. All the while, a magnificent CD was trapped in the player. The Volvo is now gone, so this brew pays homage to the Volvo and the CD finding their forever home. It's the latest addition to the Hannah series, Finding Forever. Chocolate orange stout on the nitro rings in at 7.8% and is the perfect libation for remembering the good times of memories past. I've never owned a Volvo. Uh, I don't think it's a prerequisite to enjoying this beer. It certainly is not. Here you go, Diana. I've also ordered us a couple of pizzas. Ooh. Yeah, I think I'll pause the recording here and we can pick this back up at the next stop. Oh, it isn't a long drive to Midstate from Zero Day Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Rather, it should only be about five go minutes. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm the giggles, the giggles <laughs> oh, at the I'm surface. Sorry. I'm, so sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, us giggling is not hard. Quick to walk and sober these so two It doesn't up. take much effort to get there. Sorry, Captain. A mile and a half would have done you good. Hmm. You're just mad. You can only have four ounce pour. Not mad, number one. I got some to go. To enjoy later. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Enough to share. Please. <laughs> Certainly. All right, both of you. Dominic, tuck your shirt in. Uh, yes, Captain. Diana, you ready? I am always impeccable. Of course. Let us go in. It's normally busier in here than this. I just chose a quieter time to make recording easier. Yeah, yeah, it is a popular place to come. The building itself looks older than a distillery. It is. It used to be uh, the Smith Paint Building on North Cameron Street. Hmm, a lot of work went into this place. Oh, yeah. Uh, they purchased it in December 2013, and they didn't open it to the public here until January of 2016. Two full years on refurb and build-out? Uh, not just. Testing recipes and batches, getting everything dialed in. It's a really nice transition from the paint factory it was before. Oh, look at that list. I need to get my glasses back out. Let's see, we've got vodka, gin, rum, coffee liqueur, corn whiskey, four-grain bourbon whiskey, rye whiskey, and moonshine. Hang on a minute, I thought moonshine was illegal. Uh, it can be produced legally. Well, what is moonshine exactly then? Originally, any distillate produced without government approval, usually uh, it's a clear whiskey or rum, usually produced in a hurry. I wonder if it's called moonshine then for how clear it is. I'm not sure. Actually, Dominic, the term is originally a British one for anything produced overnight to avoid detection. However, the term really found notoriety during Prohibition here in the United States. Hey, guys, instead of just talking about it, let's have a taste. Now, that is a good idea. It is why we're here, Rob. Uh, clear a space on the table. I'll be right back. Hopscotch! The Hopscotch podcast is sponsored by Burt's Bitter Beers. Burt's Bitter Beers is located close to Exit 9 South off I-93 in Manchester, New Hampshire. We have a large selection of international, national, and local beers, ciders, and meads. Cans and bottles are individually priced so you can select your own beer tour. 
Tell us how you heard about Burt's Better Beers on Hopscotch. I expect you'll get a smile that is never very far away. Burt's can be called at 603-413-5992. On Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Burt's Better Beers or on Twitter at twitter.com slash Burt's Better Beer. The opening hours are... Tuesday to Friday, 10 to 8. Monday and Saturday, 10 to 7. Sundays, 11 to 3. Burt's Better Beers. Stimulating the economy, one beer at a time. Okay, this is Mid-State Distillery's gin with nine botanicals. Ooh, thank you. That is crystal clear. I like the look of it in that glass. It's got a complex nose. There's so much going on. The early orange followed by all these darker scents. Darker scents? You know what I mean. The dark spices that you would use in the kitchen. Let's try it and see what they used to go into it. And you are actually right. It's kind of like listening to classical music. I can make out the tune, but I can't pull out the individual instruments. Oh, I like that analogy. Uh, Is that pepper? Yeah, I get some black pepper too. You know, I was still focused on the citrus. Is that lemon or lemongrass alongside the orange? Uh, I'm not quite getting that. No, neither am I. I think I'm getting some cinnamon in there, though. You know that there are other flavors in here, but I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, I, I don't know the rest. Yeah, I'm giving up on guessing. <laughs> okay. Rob, uh, what does it say for the rest? So, um, as a gin, you expect a certain starting point, as you would with rum or whiskey. The the base alcohol in this one is a neutral corn spirit, um, but the juniper gives you those soft notes that give that warm gin feel to it. And then we come in with the balance of the eight other botanicals, the first being the citrus undertones that they get from using bitter orange, sweet orange, and lemon peel. Okay. Um, what does it say about the darker notes? Um, well, what you described as the darker notes, I hadn't thought of them that way, but um, they're the more uh, herbal aromatics. Ooh, do tell more. Uh, right, well, <laughs> and Diana, you spotted the black pepper, and Dominic, you also got in on the, the cinnamon. You're so good. Okay, so what are we missing out? So the mysterious three are coriander, cardamom, and star anise. Ooh, really? I use coriander. Quick confession. I've never been sure quite what coriander is. It's the seeds from the cilantro. I don't think you understood the answer either. (laughs) Uh, It adds like a orange nutty sweetness also a slight muskiness, which can be really nice. There are scents that we might not consciously notice then that are still triggering in our receptors. Always and all the time. Uh, I found the coriander's used in everything from curry to ice cream. Is that really true? In ice cream? Yep. But not as a prominent flavor or as widespread as vanilla. Weird. All right, well, uh, next of those three was... Uh, cardamom. 
And from my notes... Do you need your glasses again, old man? No. From the cardamom, we get the spicy citrus flavours to complement the coriander. Cardamom is used in a lot of Indian cuisine and has been popular in Scandinavian baking since the Vikings brought it back from Constantinople. Ooh, so we should have some pastries and other treats with it. Ooh, I like that idea. Rob, can Diana come along every time? Yeah, well, as often as she likes. Oh, it's a constant struggle to keep you two out of trouble. And, all right, well, the, the last of the three, then, is star anise. It adds a little licorice to the liquor. Ooh, that's clever. I know I'm not pulling these out individually, but it's so good. Yeah, I agree. I would... It would definitely take a more advanced palate to distinguish the flavor sources of all of these notes. I don't have that, but I'll tell you something. I have developed a taste for this. Wow, just wow. We need to go a little easy on it. It is 80 proof. 80 proof? It's the measure of alcohol, basically double the actual percentage. Long story short, if you can set fire to it, that's proof it has a high alcohol content. Yeah, there's safer methods these days. Probably, but not half as much fun. <laughs> I'm not sure the fire department would encourage you testing it that way. Nor our insurers. Well, they can rest assured we don't test things that way. We do our testing by sipping. Mm. And this one has been fun sampling, This is, but this is a delicious gin. Do you know, I have to agree, and I'm actually really glad that the resurgence in popularity... Yeah, uh, I definitely want to pick up a couple more bottles before we head out. That is also a very good idea. And I'm planning on our coming back here at some time. Oh, I'll unlock the Argosy. Do you know, this has been a fun day. I'm so glad we had you as a guide, Diana. Rob gets us lost more times than you'd know just from listening to an episode. Oh, it's been fun to be with you too, Dominic. Did you want to pay part ways here, or do you... Still want to do the last stop. What last stop? We did the hop at zero day. We did the scotch as a gin at midday. What else was there? The pod in podcast. What is the pod part then? The cacao pods. What? I don't follow, but I want to. Dude, dude, we are 20 minutes from Hershey Park. I did not know that, no. To the Argosy, we have one more stop to make. Are we going to be able to record that? I'm not lugging this reel-to-reel -reel recorder all the way around the park. <laughs> Why do you still use that thing? Why does he still do anything the way he does? There are easier ways. I can read what both of you two are saying, you know. Yeah, only because you wrote it. <laughs> all right, decision time. Do you want to talk about the history and making of chocolate on the way there, or the history of Hershey and Hershey Park? Uh, Dominic, your call. Heads or tails? Uh, heads. Heads it is. History of Hershey in the park. Diana, if you wouldn't mind while I drive. Excellent. Time to get comfy once more. All right. Construction on the factory in Derry Township began in 1903 and was completed in 1904. This replaced the production facility in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, some 30 miles southeast of here. The sentimental reason for choosing Derry was that Milton Hershey was born there in 1857. Along with the factory, Hershey built the town around it for all the workers. 
It was similar to the earlier Bourneville, started in 1893, that housed the workers for the Cadbury factory just south of Birmingham, England. There were others like it outside of chocolate. Unilever built Port Sunlight for their workers. Indeed, there have been a lot of these built by industrialists who recognize the value in a cared for and affluent workforce. But jobs at Hershey were well paid for the time. Anyway, the park. Yes, the park. Yes, it was intended originally that the park would just be used for the benefits of the local community. It started to change as the park became more of a tourist destination. The site was expanded, and during the Great Depression, Hershey used it, the available workers to construct some of the larger facilities of the time. Construction included a theater, hotel, stadium, and an arena. So by the end of the 1930s, the park was a nationally recognized tourist destination. It was after the death of Milton Hershey in 1945 that these assets were sold off. Hershey Park covers over 121 acres with 50 rides, amusements, and refreshments. And this will be our favorite Brit, Chocolate World. I like the sound of this. Oh, you can even make your own chocolate bar, choosing the ingredients and the design label. Cool. You see why we aren't recording that bit? I don't have enough tape left. How much do you have out of interest? Uh... Just enough to pull into this parking space and for us to sign out. Dominic and Diana, could you do the honours while I get us situated? Of course, my pleasure. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and the others in the series. You can find out more information about these locations. Diana? All right, to find out more, visit hopscotchpodcast.com on soundcloud.com at soundcloud.com slash hopscotchpodcast or on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or via your favorite podcast app as Hopscotch Podcast. And finally, the Twitter account. All right, at Hopscotch Podcast. There's no A. Diana, thank you for coming all this way. We've loved having you with us. Diana, Dominic, <laughs> everyone. I've loved being with you guys, yeah. Good, Good night. Hopscotch! And now we've got people moving around overhead, but it doesn't matter because they're on my track, not your track. Oh, now that means that's a lot of tra pressure on my track, sir. It isn't a long drive to Midstate from Zero. <laughs> I'm like, we're going in circles. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there and back and there and back again. Yeah. It's fine. You want to go back to Midstate, and then, like, I left my purse at zero day, and then we got to go back to Midstate again. Uh, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't a long drive to Midstate from zero day, bro. <laughs> As with many of the older conurbations in the U.S., it may not be obvious to a non-local where one town ends and another begins. Harrisburg itself dates back to about 1719 and was settled as an ideal trading location, as it is here that the Susquehanna River cuts through the Blue Mountain Range of the Appalachians. And the Blue Ridge... Oh, <sighs> I had it in my head and now I've forgotten how the pudding goes. In the, in the blue. blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, 
on the trail of the lonesome pine. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Verdorf. With more energy. Look at me, boy. Look at me. Sing it with me. Sing it with me. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. On the trail of the lonesome pine. Oh, it's not going to... In the Blue Ridge Mountains of... Oh, it's that bit. It's that one bit I can... I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I'm going to listen to the song once more. I'm going to get one more go at the song. And then it's going to be fine. It's all going to work out. We might be recording. This is a blooper reel. In the Blue Ridge Mountain. Oh, it's not happening. Do you want me to sing it's... it with you again? I would like that very much, please. Okay. Are you ready to sing along? Yes, yes I am. Are you sitting comfortably? I am, yes I am. Then I'll begin. In, In the, the Blue, Blue Ridge, Ridge Mountains, Mountains of Virginia. Virginia. On the trail of, the of the Lonesome Pine. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of... Oh, f- It's light-hearted. Just... just uh, in, the in the Blue Ridge Blue Mountains, Mountains of Virginia. Of Virginia on, on the trail of the lonesome, lonesome pine. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. On the trail of the lonesome pine. Sorry, Dominic. Right range, wrong stuff.